Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's Word which we will draw our attention to today is a portion of the Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 12. Listen again to verses 17 and 23 of that passage. Please rise as we hear these words. From that time, Jesus began to preach, Repent! because the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. This is God's word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words. Your word is truth. Make us holy through your truth. Amen. During this time of the year, we probably are getting a little bit tired of the fact that we don't have quite as much sunlight as maybe we do in the summer. Although we have been on the upswing since December 21st, right? It gets to be a little bit depressing at times. And those little light therapy boxes, well, they start to sell pretty well during the dark, dark days of, of winter. But do you know there are places in the world where for very long stretches of time, the sun never goes down. In northern Norway, for example, there's a stretch of 76 days in the summer where the sun does not set. Can you imagine 76 days of sunshine? Now, granted, it's a little bit less at night and in the early morning, but still, that's amazing. Now, I don't think I'm ever going to live in northern Norway, but I do like being in the light, at least the light that we're talking about in this gospel reading for today. We've been hearing a lot about light during this season of Epiphany. We had the wise men who came and followed that great light in the sky, the star, to come and find the light there, the the boy Jesus. We talked last week about letting our light shine to others. And today, we're going to be talking about light again. In this reading, Matthew quotes from Isaiah in talking about about light. He says, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And that's what we'll focus on today, that Jesus brings light to those in darkness. Now, we are not usually completely in the dark, except maybe at night, or if we're in an unlit cave, or maybe while we're trying to sleep, we'd like to have it dark. Maybe we even get those little eye coverings to to make it seem darker. We, We need light, though, to be able to get things done. Can you imagine trying to work in the complete and utter dark? We think of light as a positive thing. Darkness, on the other hand, the way the Bible presents it, the imagery that it uses, darkness is always associated with with sin, with evil, with the devil himself, who is the ruler of this present darkness, as Paul says in Ephesians. So when Isaiah refers to people who are dwelling in darkness, this is not a good thing for them. Now, who are these people who are dwelling in darkness? In darkness. Well, it's not just the people in Capernaum, where Jesus had decided to make his home base, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, along the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, as Matthew quoted. 
Some people of Jesus' day may have thought that the people being described here were the ones in the darkness because they considered that part of the world to be kind of the backwaters. It's kind of like in this country, how we think about various parts of our country that are like the backwaters, where all of the hicks live. You know, those places, maybe in the deep south, where the accent starts to change a little bit and you start to think they talk funny. We think of those people as being the ones who are kind of in the backwoods. Well, in Jesus' day, the, at least the religious elite who were in Jerusalem, they thought they were the ones who were in the light. Everybody else is in the darkness. And why not? I mean, they're in Jerusalem. They're in the capital. They're in the place where God's temple is. The place where all of God's faithful have to come in order to make their sacrifices, in order to, to celebrate certain festivals. All of those other people, all those other people out there, especially the ones up north in Galilee, those are the people who are in the darkness. So nowadays, we might be able to relate to those Jews who had that attitude that they were the ones who were in the light. They were automatically in God's good graces. I mean, after all, we're Christians, right? And not only that, we are Lutherans. And not only that, we're in the ELS. How much more righteous and holy could you get? How much more in the light could you get? Darkness? What darkness? But once we step down from that pedestal we've put ourselves on, we realize that we are not immune from being in the darkness, not in the least. Just the fact that we think of ourselves as not being in the darkness actually means that we are because we have broken God's first commandment. You shall have no other gods. We have put ourselves right up there next to God, maybe even replacing Him. We've put our, ourselves in the place of God with our arrogant thinking. We've elevated ourselves to that level because we think that we are better than others. We think that we are in God's good graces just because of who we are. And when we do that, we show ourselves as worthy of death. Worthy of death for this sin and, and then for all of our other sins. We deserve to be in eternal darkness, the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth because we sin. And that's why Jesus' message, the message that, that He preached throughout His earthly ministry, the message that He definitely is intending to bring us out of the darkness into the light is so appropriate for us. Repent. Repent. Sounds a little ominous, doesn't it? We think of John the baptizer. What was one of his main messages? Repent. And he was saying that to people coming out to see him, and he called them a brood of vipers. Repent. Maybe we think of some fire and brimstone preacher who's preaching that way, beating people over the head, trying to get them to listen or to obey God's law. And yes, repent is an ominous message if you are a sinner. Because sin is a serious thing. And we've already established the fact that, that we are sinners, right? But it's also a message that isn't completely without hope. 
And here's what I mean by that. When we repent, we are turning away from our sins. And we are turning to Jesus, who is trying to bring us then into the light. We repent of our sins. It's not just repenting in the sense of feeling bad about our sins, thinking, well, we've let God down and and knowing that we deserve punishment. But again, it's turning to Jesus, turning to Him to receive the light that He gives, turning to Him in faith. We know we deserve death. We deserve death because of the darkness that we're in. But Jesus brings us into the light when we repent. Repent, that's the first step in getting out of the darkness into the light. Repent, Jesus says, but he goes on and he says, because the kingdom of heaven is near. And when we hear kingdom, we might be thinking about a physical place, right? A a physical territory that is ruled over by a king. And that's probably what many people in Jesus' day thought when Jesus came preaching about this kingdom of heaven. They were thinking about themselves, their country, the land of the country of Israel, God's people. And Jesus certainly talked a lot about this kingdom. He taught parables about his kingdom. He invited people to be a part of his kingdom. When you think of Jesus on trial before Pilate, this matter of his kingdom comes up. Pilate, if you remember, was asking Jesus about his kingdom. He asked him if he was indeed a king. And eventually Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate wasn't quite sure what to do with that answer. Maybe we're not either. We like to think of things, even spiritual things, in tangible ways. We think about coming into God's presence when we're in this physical building. We like to have answers to our prayers that are, that are real and that are tangible. We have a hard time imagining what heaven is going to be like because we think of it as, as purely a spiritual place when really it is a real, physical, tangible place. So what is Jesus' kingdom like? Now, I'm not going to put our confirmation students on the spot again and and ask them to recite the second petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy Kingdom Come, and explain all of that. Here is one of the questions that comes in that section of the catechism about God's kingdom. What are we praying for when we ask that God's kingdom come to us? And the answer is this. We are praying that God would reign in our hearts through His Word so that we would live to his honor and glory. Now, did you catch that? That the kingdom is him reigning, God reigning in our hearts through his word. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that that Jesus preached and said that it was near, it all revolves really around faith. Faith in Jesus as our Savior. Believing in him for the forgiveness and the life that he came to bring. When Jesus preached, the kingdom of heaven is near. He wasn't just talking about, or he wasn't just talking about intangible things. He was talking about something that was very real. Because he was talking about the fact that he himself was there. And that he was carrying out his ministry. 
We can think of it this way, that Jesus was saying, I am here. I am here to, to do my work, all of the work that's necessary to bring you out of darkness, to bring you into the light. I am here to live for you, to live a perfect life in your place. I'm here to go to the cross for you, to die so that you don't have to die for your sins. I am here to, to rise from the dead so that you also someday will rise from the dead. When Jesus was carrying out his earthly ministry, when he was living and, as Matthew says, teaching in their synagogues, preaching, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people, his kingdom was here. And his kingdom is still here because Jesus is still here preaching and teaching and healing. He's still bringing light. He's still bringing the light of forgiveness, the light of life to those in darkness, to us sinners who repent and cling to him in faith. And you see what a difference that makes for us. We have been rescued out of the darkness. We've been brought into the light, the very light that Jesus provides. We who were dead in our sins have been made alive. We who were headed for hell are now headed for heaven instead. And this amazing news, this, this amazing fact that we have been brought into the light, it changes how we live every day. When we're in the darkness, we pretty much do whatever we want. We're selfish by nature, and so we just do whatever we please, not worrying about whether it pleases God or not. But when we are in the light, when Jesus has brought us into the light, we live for Him. We honor Him alone as our Lord and Savior. We pray to Him for everything, whatever we need. We listen to what He tells us in His Word. We honor our parents and others in authority. We do whatever we can to protect the lives of all people. We cling to our spouse and lead decent lives. We do whatever we can to make sure our neighbor keeps what he has. We take everything that our neighbor says and does in the kindest possible way. We don't get envious of our neighbor for what he has because we have been blessed richly. The perfect life, right? That's what we live as God's people. That's how we live as Jesus has brought us out of the darkness into the light. Well, okay, you're right. It's not perfect all the time, is it? We still sin. We still are drawn back into the darkness at times because sometimes, well, we just want to sin. That sinful nature in us still has some control over us. Not complete control, but it still gets us back into sin time and again. But remember, the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus has done everything necessary to bring you out of that darkness and to bring you into his light. That's the message that he preached when, when he first started preaching. That's the same message that he preaches today. Believe that message. Believe that Jesus is your Savior, the one who has rescued you, the one who has forgiven you the one who has brought you out of darkness into his light and given you 
eternal life. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.